0: question for you. What does it mean to be Canadian? I'm joined by Camille Dundas, co-founder and editor of Byblacks.com. Uh, Camille, this week's article in Byblacks.com that's featured is really an- asking that question. You tell the story of a local chef who's facing deportation.
1: Good morning, Maggie. How are you doing today? Good, good. Yeah, you know, this story is resonating more than any other I've seen in a while. Um, John Mola is from Kenya. He came to Canada as a refugee in 2014. And he said he was fleeing violence and also just wanting to find job opportunities. Uh, But after eight years here as a chef, as a philanthropist in Hamilton, Ontario, his refugee application has been denied. And he was asked to show up at Pearson Airport tomorrow with a ticket in hand. Wow.
0: Now, why? Why are they, as you said, he's been here for eight years. He has been an upstanding citizen. Has the government said why they're deporting him?
1: Well, this is one of the issues that's coming up out of this story. And I can tell you, I've been getting, I didn't expect this, but I've been getting DMs from people on all different social media platforms, the comments on this story have taken taken off mm-hmm. with people telling their own personal stories and, and stories of other people. And the issue that's come to light is how arbitrary these decisions seem and the lack of transparency around it. Um, there are a couple of reasons uh, that you're a uh, refugee application could be denied. Um, you overstayed your status, or your humanitarian compassion application was refused, which I can talk a little bit more um, about later. Um, you, you, let's say you fail to show up to uh, an interview or a meeting. Um, but lawyers, in fact, his um, John's lawyer um, has said that he believes that you know some some. He said sometimes applicants, because of language. Uh, culture, different nuances, they make genuine mistakes on their applications. Right. And he believes John is a victim of that. I've also seen elsewhere lawyers saying they've seen applications denied just because someone has incorrectly inputted their home address. Wow.
0: Now, this boggles my mind. As I read the article, Camille, I was thinking, you know, the federal government is planning a massive increase in the number of immigrants entering into our country with a goal of bringing in five hundred thousand people in twenty twenty five. And so if it's just a slight mistake in an application, why are you know, why is that decision to send a man back? It just seems flippant if that's the if that's the issue. If it's just, you know, he spelt something wrong or something was filled in incorrectly, why wouldn't there be grace or lenience when it comes to that?
1: This is what we're wondering ourselves and Based on a lot of the messages that I've been getting, you know, racism and bias does seem to come into play here because mainly because these decisions are are based on sometimes the mood of the officer that you get or the the um, the opinion of the officer who is assessing your application, if they don't feel like you are believable or they don't feel like you know your case is is strong, um, they have the power on their own to deny. So it's not like this is going to some type of committee or tribunal or you know like a group of people where you can put in some type of um, anti bias uh, process, right, uh, where several people are looking at this, right? It is literally. Often based on the opinion of one person. So, for example, I, as I was telling you, I got lots of messages, Maggie, mm-hmm. but one woman's story in particular stayed with me. And we had a long conversation um, over text. Her name is Ola. Uh, she's a mom of a child who is autistic. She arrived in Canada five years ago from Nigeria with her two month old baby. And so, what I want people to know also, Maggie, is that there's another way to Refuge, filing for refugee status is not the only is not the only way to come into Canada um, of course you can also um, apply under humanitarian and compassionate grounds right. and they will base this especially if there's a child involved on the best interest of the child um, and whether or not you uh, will, will face sort of a dire situation in your home country right Um Ola worked as a personal caregiver. She worked all throughout the peak of the pandemic as an essential worker in grocery stores. She paid her taxes. She didn't even rely on on government programs or anything. She paid out of pocket for her daughter's therapy for autism. And she says that after five years, she just got a notice saying your case was denied, your application was denied, and you need to leave within three days. She says even her daughter's social worker called the enforcement officer and pleaded with them to allow her to stay, even just for the sake of the child's care. The officer Googled um, autism centers in Nigeria. I was like, oh, there's two autism centers there. You'll be fine. There, There are two autism centers in the entire country. And she's talking about now her daughter is five years old. Canada is the only home she's known. She says her daughter is getting increasingly aggressive because she's not getting the therapy she needs. Her daughter is like, mom, when are we going home? Because Canada is the only home she's ever known. Right. And what for me, Maggie, you know, the, the danger I find with this conversation is yes, I want people to hear about this and I want people to know what a great person John is and people like Ola. John is giving has been giving back to his community as a chef. He has been empowering people to grow crops. He's partnered with local organizations. He's introduced local Kenyan crops to to Canada. Um, you know, he, he does so much for his community, right? But we have this myth of the good immigrant, of the good refugee, of who is so deserving to be Canadian. And even people who come here who aren't philanthropists, who aren't giving back to their community, who aren't, oh, so amazing, they deserve to stay too. Mm -hmm. And I want us to really confront ourselves as Canadians to think about, you know, how we see who our idea, our vision of who gets to be Canadian. You know, you may, you may remember the story. I was still working, in, uh, I think, in news at this time, maybe in, in 2017 or 2018. And um, um, Trevor Noah recently talked about this, too, on one of his last episodes. Do you remember that story of that uh, um, undocumented migrant in France who scaled a burning building and saved the yes. child from a fire on the fourth floor? They, yes. they called him Spider-Man. Yes. And that, that story went viral, of course. France's president offered him a job as a firefighter and expedited citizenship. Mm. News stories called him the most deserving migrant ever. Mm. And, and even as journalists, I want us to confront how we frame these stories. Yeah. Because it, it continues to, to reinforce this idea that you have, as, a, as a person of color, or as a migrant, you have to go above and beyond to belong, to want to be safe to want to have child security, to want to take care of your autistic child.
0: And all you really want is to have a home, and that is going above and beyond, is taking care mm-hmm. of your child. The fact that Ola's story is that she has out of pocket tried to care for her autistic child. The fact that John's story is giving back to his community as a chef and just as a you know a contributor of, of Hamilton, Ontario, shows that that is quintessentially what a Canadian isn't supposed to be we're running out of time we've run out of time but really quickly Camille if people want to track what's happening to John how can we do so how can we make our voice heard
1: there is a petition right now on change.org. Uh, please sign it. I mean, we don't know how, how much of an impact this is going to have tomorrow. He's got to go to Pearson Airport. I'm in touch with him over text. I've asked him to keep up, to keep me updated. So we will be following the story and posting updates on our uh, social media platform.
0: Okay, all eyes will be on buyblacks.com to see what happens to John Mola. And again, this is just one story of, as you said, Camille, so many stories like this, of people who are trying to make Canada home and yet are finding roadblocks. Thanks again, Camille, for your time today. Thanks, Mary. That was Camille Dundas. She is the co-founder and editor-in-chief of BuyBlacks.com. This is Toronto This Weekend on 640 Toronto.